shout to the Lord all the earth. Let us sing and power and majesty praise to the King. And mountains bow down and the sea will roar at the sound of your name. I sing for we could recognize all we have here is just a shadow of a shadow of a shadow of the real. Oh, it'll be far better than we ever imagined. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Good to be gathered together. Wonderful atmosphere here already and looking for a wonderful time in the presence of the Lord. Really appreciated all the specials and the singing. Good to have you all here. Brother Len, good to see you. God bless you. Good to have you here. Amen. Brother Len, it's been some health issues, but we're grateful that God has made way for him to be here. Also, also I'm not sure, Brother Rinze is there. He's back from Nigeria. He's been away for work. He also was with family. And before he left, we had made a prayer request for his elder brother, who was unconscious, who was in the hospital. The doctors didn't know what was wrong with him. We'd made prayer. It was a slow recovery. He said when he was back here, he says his brother had been left for brain dead. But before he left Nigeria, his brother was speaking. His brother was uh, conscious. We give all the glory to God. Amen. Brother Rinzi gives thanks to the saints for their prayers. Amen. Today, um, we're in July. That means our meetings are less than uh, a month away, our annual meetings. This year, it's our 30th anniversary meetings. So it's been a number of years in this church, and the reason I know is we got married the same year we had our first anniversary. So it's always a good, good thing to remember. This year, we've got Brother Ron Spencer, Brother Ray Erickson, Brother Nathan Erickson coming to minister for us. The meetings will start on Thursday, and we'll have one meeting each Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And Saturday, we'll also have a youth meeting. So I want us just to be ready. We'll be canceling the Wednesday service, so we'll move that to Thursday. But I'd like us just to be right in the channel of where God wants us to go, how he wants to deal with us, and whatever he would desire. It's always a special time around the Word of God, and we're just going to set our hearts towards that. Also, this weekend, it's um, the July 1st weekend, so we just have one service today. So we were a little longer in the song service, but we're going to now give the service to our brother Gift. Uh, brother Gift is here with his wife, Sister Emma. Brother Gift is maybe well known to those who are in the Saskatoon area. He's originally from Zambia, and he came to Canada over 20 years ago. And uh, the Lord has blessed him while he's here, give him a good job. Uh, gave him a lot of favor with the people, also blessed his ministry, and over the last number of years, Brother Gift's been taking his holiday time up to two months a year, going back to his country 
Zambia and to other neighboring countries, Tanzania, Malawi, and been ministering. And as a result of that, he's just felt the burden. And uh, he is leaving to go back. He'll be leaving this Thursday, going back. And I, uh, when I was in Malawi this last year and just felt such a burden for the country and I didn't really share all of it, but at a breakfast meeting here about uh, six weeks ago, I was with Brother Menno, and he shared with me about Brother Gift, and Brother Gift and I connected. So part of him being here is for us to discuss our labors and, and burdens, and uh, we'd like to work together with him when he goes back. But he's making a great sacrifice. And I would just want to say, brethren, we're, we're on the threshold of eternity. You might think, I got a job, I got this, I got this. It's, it, it's going to pale. It's going to be nothing in a short time. And I've got a brother who is being moved by eternal, the eternal. And I, I pray that God will bless him and use him. His wife will be coming, going back with him, his one daughter as well. And he's got two children that will be here. But we want to just uh, be behind him, support him, and pray for him. And so we're giving him the pulpit this morning. Pray that God will use him and bless him for our sake and, and uh, just look for the Lord to minister. I, I love and appreciate Brother Gift and, and, and uh, all that he is doing. And uh, we just want to stand behind him. I, just before I forget, I, we also have printed some cards. And they are just some cards that you can pass on to somebody. Now, I'm, we've got some at the back on the desk. If, if God has laid it on your heart to have somebody here for the meetings and you want to make it known, there's, there's, take a card if you can use it or take a couple. If you've got somebody you want to give it to, uh, we have a number of them. Um, but we also will have them in PDF form if you want to send it via text or an email or something like that. But I, I want us just to be looking. I, when I just think of what Brother Gift is doing, I, we had a prayer meeting here on Tuesday, and prayer was made, what about our city? What about a city like Red Deer? What about Fort McMurray or White Court or, or, or somewhere else? Where would God have a seed yet? And we don't need to go way overseas. We also need to think about here. Lord, lay some soul on my heart. And I, I want us just to be focused in that direction a little bit more. Use our brother as an example. Let's just introduce our brother Gift to come. And let's just sing, I'll fly away. I'll fly away in one, one glad morning. Some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away to a home on God's celestial shore. Joy shall never end. I'll 
This morning, Amen. we may take our seats. I'll just uh, let the musicians sit for a little bit here. We thank the Lord for this morning. Brother Ed had said, uh, you know, it's a long weekend. Maybe there won't be that many people. I see quite a number of people this morning. So we thank the Lord and um, so thankful to be here um, with my dear wife, Emma, in the back there. Um, she uh, is a great partner, um, follows her husband wherever her husband goes. So we are in the ministry together, and uh, we are very thankful to, to be here among you. So I'll just take a little bit of time and just thank Brother Ed and the church here uh, for inviting us, maybe see us um, for a little bit and the discussions we have had. Um, I'm a missionary at heart. Um, and and uh, so over the past, oh, I would say two decades, since about 2003, um, we've been going back, um, found favor with my uh, workplace where they would allow me to go six, seven, eight weeks at a time uh, to evangelize in those countries, Zambia, Malawi, Zimbabwe, uh, Mozambique, and uh, really um, just get to know the people and and just to see uh, God flourishing the ministry. Um, we wouldn't be going back if we didn't have the favor of the people there as well. Uh, the elders, um, young and old ministers in, in, the, in this gospel, um, it just seems like uh, we've connected at another level that this last time uh, we went into Zimbabwe and uh, just starting from Chinoy, Harare, Norton, Mutare, uh, Chimanimani, all the way to Chipinge and uh, all the way to the border with Mozambique, come right back and crisscrossed Zambia there and then, then after that went into Malawi, all the way into northern Malawi in Muzuzu and Kanta, Kanta Bay there. Uh, and um, we've just been blessed uh, with the friendship and, and, and uh, just the need um, uh, everywhere as I went, uh, it seems to uh, sink in my heart that there was need for stability uh, in the congregations. Uh, if there's anything that we need in our lives as an individual is to be a stable person. And if you're a stable person and we are all stable and we come to church, the church is stable. 
and there's lots of winds of doctrines that are flying everywhere and, and this is not the time to get excited. This is the time to do like John Glenn did uh, when he went into that tube and was at rest. He was satisfied with the message. He was satisfied that everything was well and he was waiting to take off. I think this is the hour that we are living in that we are, we are waiting for takeoff. One of these days, somebody, and I believe many in here, will lose gravitation. And moment in a twinkling of an eye, be changed to meet the Lord in the air. I believe we are at the very brink of it. And, and so my heart has been burning. Uh, I told Brother Ed and the church in Sastun, I'm, I'm not... I'm not going there to pastor or to look for a position or uh, to, to, to be an associate. I'm just going there as a missionary. I, 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 I've, I prayed about it, sleepless nights about it, and, and I'd wake up and I was all torn apart. And here's... Uh, uh, a guy who is happily married and has children and has an excellent job. He's head of department and grounds manager at the University of Saskatchewan. A leadership position with so many people under myself. And here I am trying to leave my work huge promotion on the way and a hefty bonus coming my way. And when that news was brought to me and I didn't get excited, I was losing the joy of my work. I take pride in what I do as a, a plant soil scientist. And, and I, the more the days went on, the more I lost zeal, I didn't want to work anymore, and, but the more my heart was being turned. I prayed and fasted about it. I, I shed tears quite a bit. And my wife is a witness to that. And as the days went by, and um, I got to a point where um, I didn't want to go to work anymore. But I also know better as a servant of God. If you have lost interest in something, give way to somebody else. I didn't want to just sit there for the money or for the, for the title. I, I, I wanted somebody to carry my work, speak for itself. My name is all over on the internet. My, 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 my research and my publications are all over. Some of them have been adopted by farmers on the prairies and, and outside. And I didn't want to just sit there and not do anything. I'm used to working and, and, and being there and, and offer my service. So um, in April, uh, uh, just to share a little bit of where I'm coming from, last April here, a few months ago, uh, we had Brother Matt Watkins from Carolina there come to uh, Saskatoon for meetings, the first service on Friday, really um, spoke to my heart. 
there are certain messages that linger and stay with you when they are preached and, and you anchor to that and it becomes your post because it's part of the word. And, and you can rest on that. And, and you examine that with the word of God and it lines up. Then, and so as he was speaking on Moses and, and, and he began to, to talk about the humanity of Moses. Something on the lines that Moses wasn't doubting God. Moses wasn't doubting that he had met the pillar of fire or the burning bush. Moses wasn't uh, scared that, that, that uh, God wouldn't do what he said he would do. Moses was scared of his own weaknesses. Being a man and with stammering lips, how would he go and take over and one man going to take over? And his prayer was then that, Lord, and as he began to speak with God, he says, if, if you send me there, then I want to know that your presence goes with me. And I said, there it is, Lord. And something just spoke there in my heart to say, see, that's what I've been trying to tell you. And right there, I begin to have rest in my heart. Some brothers, uh, somehow I got emotional in there, and some brothers looked at me in the, in the church there. I, I heard later on one brother saying, you know, I knew something had happened. Uh, I, I didn't know what was it, what it was in, 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 in when, when the, the, the preaching was going on. And uh, so next Wednesday, Brother Dwayne comes on the pulpit. And uh, his testimony is that, you know, he had put down his notes, what to speak and all that. And uh, just at the last minute, as they were calling him to come, something changed and he scribbled something. And the title of the message was, what are you waiting for? Go tell. So then I said, Lord, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let the truth be established. Called the brothers, Brother Menno, our elder there, and has supported my ministry for the past two decades and couldn't go himself into the mission work, but we worked so closely together and we've blessed the trail. A book has been written in heaven. And I called them and I told them about my decision. And Brother Menno said, you know, something has been speaking in my heart about you going back, and I didn't, I didn't quite know what to do, how to handle it, but he says, now it's a vindication. So God works on both ways. So Brother Menno, Brother Dwayne sending us there with their blessings. I told the elders, uh, many of you, maybe some of you might know Brother Ronnie Capisha, uh, right in Lusaka in Zambia there, that's the church that we came out of when we came here. So we're going, and that will be our base. Uh, that will be our home church, uh, the Lord willing, and uh, we'll just be evangelizing and carrying out missionary work uh, from there. Everybody, I believe, needs a home church. Uh, we, you, you don't want to be just flying from pillar to post, from post to pillar, and here, there. You need to be tied down somewhere. The prophet encourages that. We all know that. And so... Uh, ever since we made that decision, I asked my wife, I said, 
are you good with this? Brother Ed, we held hands, and we both said almost at the same time, let's do it. And my wife says, wherever thou goest, I go with you. Said, I made that pledge that day that your people shall be my people. Where you go, that's where you go, I go. Where you die is where I will die. So I'm so thankful to have a, a wife who is missionary-minded. We have gone to some places where we sleep on the floor, and this last time I had a mouse uh, chew on my toe, and, 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 and uh, we've had uh, to sleep on beds that are sinking uh, in the middle, uh, but we go there for service of the Lord. I also know of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of souls that have been saved and baptized in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ under this, uh, with, with the preaching of this little ministry. So for that, we are thankful to God and we are looking forward for more. Um, somebody asked me, so how, how are you going to make it? I said, you know what, that's not my business. That's his business. If he is the one who caused me those sleepless nights, he will take care of my needs. I don't have to worry about that. And, and he will use believers, he will use non-believers to support the ministry. I know that too because it's a fact, it's a testimony that I have. Our God is more than able. You love our Lord this morning? I thought I'd give you this little testimony and, and, and my coming to Canada about, you know, since 2001 and... and uh, at the time, I had applied uh, to go to the UK, and, uh, Australia, Canada, USA, and it seems like all the universities were giving me partial scholarships, partial scholarships, but then they were demanding, they wanted to know how I would raise the other half, and they, I didn't have the means. And out of all the universities that I had applied for, more than a dozen, including University of Alberta here, the University of Saskatchewan at that time had just introduced two international full scholarships, one to Africa and one to Asia. And in that year, with tens of thousands of applicants from Africa, I was the one picked. Not because of my brains, but the Lord knew he had to bring me here and then turn around, take me back. Because there, in here, in Canada, my ministry was birthed. And I thank God and Brother Menno and the elders there, Brother Walter, Brother Mike Brinstead and others at the time, uh, ordained me into the ministry with my wife. So we are thankful for that. As soon as I finished my university, that scholarship was cut off. God knows how the footsteps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. And so here I go back. I solicit your prayers for my family, myself. Each time you think of somebody to pray for, each time God puts it on your mind, on your heart, remember us in prayer. We shall be remembering you in prayer. This is our last pulpit here in Canada that we are speaking from. And uh, we feel very privileged. You love the Lord this morning? Yes. That's about my testimony. Let's stand to our feet this morning. 
I see brother, our friends, brother Bernard. I thought I saw you where you are, and Sister Esther. Oh, there you are, my brother. God bless you and uh, good acquaintances. Uh, is that uh, uh, brother Mark? Uh, and I see uh, brother Mose, where you at? Oh, there you are, my brother. Many friends in here. Thank you so much uh, for receiving us, all of you. And uh, let's just turn our Bibles uh, to John chapter 8, verse 1 to 12. My title this morning is Bride of Jesus Christ. Where are thine accusers? Bride of Jesus Christ, where are thine accusers this morning? Your case is dismissed. And I want to go to uh, familiar scripture here that we, we all know and, and, and we have read through this and, and uh, lots have been said about it. Uh, the prophet talks a lot about this. Uh, and John chapter 8 verse 1 says, uh, Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives. And early in the morning he came again into the temple and all the people came unto him. And he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down with his finger wrought on the ground, as though he hid them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down, wrought on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted. May I say this? The word of God will not go void. When Jesus speaks, whether you like it or not, it's going to pierce in your heart. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one. Beginning at the eldest, I assume it took their memory back and they had probably accumulated the most of the sins. So as elders, they introvert and they were thinking and one by one say, yeah, you know what, not me. I think I have so much baggage with me so I'll walk out. And one by one they started walking out. Starting at the eldest, even unto the last, and Jesus was left alone. Sometimes that's the right place to be. is when you are alone with the Lord Jesus. And the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? That's where I got my title. Hath no man condemned thee? She said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Go 
and sin no more. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall, shall have the light of life. Aren't you glad that we are not walking in darkness in this hour? Let's just bow before him this morning. Dear Lord Jesus, we have read from thy holy script. We believe every bit of the word that's in here. We believe this is thus saith the Lord. We believe, Lord, you have spoken. And Lord, we thank you for this message of the hour. We thank you for the prophet of the hour, Lord, that came and by vindication began to explain and put to light these things that we might hear them in the revelation that's been given for this hour. Now we know, Lord, we can put ourselves in Scripture. We know we are not sons and daughters of perdition. We are sons and daughters of light. We know we are not like those Sadducees, Lord. We are like that woman that was caught in adultery, but received the word of God, and our life was made straight. This morning, Lord, can you come, Lord Jesus? You have been made welcome already. Speak to our hearts, Lord, young and old alike. Thou knowest our needs. Many times we think we know our needs, but Lord, thou knowest better. And this morning, Lord, may you come and, and begin to speak to our hearts directly. May we realize that you are a personal God, that you speak at an individual level. May the young hear you at, that, at their level and the elderly hear you at their level. May you come, Holy Spirit. We make you welcome again, Lord. Bless the reading of the word to our hearts. And may we receive thee. May we walk out of here, blessed people. That's what we are here to do, Lord. May I find favor with you this morning and with the people here, Lord, that the word of God will flow and somebody will catch it, Lord, and maybe live here a better place, a better person, a better citizen of heaven. May something be, be said that will encourage somebody. This message is not here to condemn the believer. This message is to uplift the believer. And Lord, we are here to hold their hands together with you as we speak, Lord, and lift them into heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Granted, Lord, this morning, we thank you for your goodness, Lord. Come sweep our souls one time, one more time, Lord. We shall be careful, Lord, to give you all the glory and all the honor. We commit this service and commend it to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We may take our seats this morning. Thank you again to the musicians. I enjoyed the specials. We are standing on holy ground. Amen. So this morning, I just want to read another scripture here, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. And it just says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. I was thinking on these lines on what shall I leave with the children of God? I'm not here to bring anything new. 
And in this message, if somebody comes and like we hear now, everywhere, something new is coming, something new is coming. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. But God still gives revelation within the context of the message of the hour. We believe, I believe this message within the framework of what's been delivered to us. Remember, uh, the seventh uh, uh, messenger, angel, was here to do thing, uh, two things, to, re, to, to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and that of the children back to the fathers, and also to reveal the seven seals that were, that were hidden from, from time immemorial. And, and, and so we sit under this message because we believe that everything that we need is laying in there in that message. Brother Brenham says everything you need for rapture is laying in those steps. And we that are ministers of the gospel, we want to live within the context of the message of the hour. I'm here to tell you that if you see in my preaching that I'm saying something that's not in the message, please don't believe me. Take the message with you. I believe that as a servant of God, I have no authority to go outside of what's been preached already. We are plowing in this field and we are not bringing anything new. We plow a straight line this way and turning the soil this way. When you get to the other end, you plow back again and turning the soil that way. What are we doing? We are exposing the nutrients that are in the soil so the plants can grow better. That's what we are doing this morning, my brother. I'm here to pinch your consciences. If you are maybe something, maybe you are, you are stressed out this morning, may the word of God lift you up. If you are sick this morning, may the word of God heal you this morning. The Bible says while the word was being spec, they received the Holy Ghost. I believe that while the word is being spec this morning, you can receive your healing. I believe that, that, that while the word of God is being preached this morning, that you can, uh, you, can actually, you can actually receive your heart's desire this morning. You love the Lord this morning? As message believers, we should be the happiest people on the face of this world. As message believers, we should be at rest. We should be at peace. The joy of the Lord is my strength, David says. I believe that whatever is happening around the world has no effect on the believer. We are already set in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Right now, we are not set in end time message tabernacle building. We are set in Christ Jesus right now. I urge you as egos of Jesus Christ to rise with me and accept the word of God and tuck it in your heart like David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. Because sin is unbelief. Hallelujah. I'm here to encourage you that this message has enough punch in it to defeat the enemy at any time, any place, under any circumstances. I'm here to tell you that this message will bring husband and wife together. This message, my brother, will correct the error in your life. I believe that we have the solution. 
this message of the hour is not just to be on tape. It has to be eaten. And so that we become one with it. Then we are a powerhouse, my brother. Oh, brother, sister. I was waking, I woke up around three o'clock this morning and this thought was striking, was so real to me. But be- before that, the enemy come at me like, like heavy duty. And he says, what about that? What about that? What about this? What about that? What about what you did there? And I couldn't shake it off. But something began to well in me that I'm not a quitter. I am not defeated. I am a conqueror. And the Bible tells me so that in the end we shall have more than conquerors. And I'm looking at them right now, my brother. Stand steadfast in the Lord Jesus. Take sides with this message and you shall be a conqueror anytime. And something said, oh, how are you going to make the rapture? That's not my business. That's his business. All I know is that Jesus Christ has promised that in the last day, he will have a bride. He will have people without spot or wrinkle. And it's you and me we are looking at. I believe that with all my heart. How are you going to rub off all the mistakes? That's not my business. That's for him. That's for him to tell me, to say, neither do I condemn thee. Go your way. And I'm here to tell you this morning, look at this woman caught in the very act of adultery. Oh, you say, brother, give my life is pure. I'll tell you something. We live by grace of God. Without God's grace in your life, my brother, you would be in the pits of hell just as much. But I will thank God that he who started the racing with us is also going to finish it. Brother Ed, you are an architect. But I want to tell you something. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the greatest architect there's ever been. He's the greatest project manager. He's the greatest builder. He's building you and he won't leave you halfway. And his building is perfect. He doesn't run out of resources to build the house halfway. My brother, my sister, he's working his way in me and he's going to perfect it. And one of these days I'll step from mortal to immortality. This is reality. This is real for message believers. This is what we look for. This is what makes this message different from everything else. It's the reality of the rapture. That's the signature of this message. Here to encourage you, believe this message. Stay with it. Home troubles will be a thing of the past. If we begin to recognize that you are the one in the wrong and apologize and vice versa, God begins to smoothen your life. This woman here, she didn't deny what she had done. But she knew one thing. Out of all the places, out of all the people, she knew where to run to. The law was to go after the woman. What about the man? They started chasing the woman. Maybe the man had gone to commit another adultery while they were chasing that woman. 
They exonerated one and condemned the other. Our Lord Jesus Christ doesn't act that way. He puts everybody on the same level. Rich and poor and, and, and whatever you are, your situation, he puts us all on the same level. That's why we're here. He has no grandchildren. He has no grand uh, this so that. He has children. And this woman knew exactly where to go. Just before they act, she probably, I'm dramatizing now, she probably knew, you know, where Jesus was going to be. You know, word goes round very quickly. Sometimes word flies so quickly than uh, our, our Twitter and, 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 and all those things. That's how they used to do it. And, and they knew he would be in a certain place. So when they caught her, she knew exactly where to run to. Aren't you glad that you know where to run to? When the enemy comes buzzing in your ear and comes reminding you of things in the past, you can face the enemy and tell him, my case is dismissed. You are not my accuser. You can go accuse me daily before the throne, but there's a blood bumper, something that covers me. And this morning, you are the purchased of Jesus Christ. Don't live in shame. Don't live in guilty. Take that thing away. You've been exonerated. Take the word of God and apply it to your heart and say, as for me and my family, we shall make it. Against all odds. <laughs> Amen. My, you love the Lord this morning? I believe that this message, there is true hope and true forgiveness in this message. You know, some people want to forgive halfway. Then the next time they want to bring it back up again, say, you know, last time you did this. Our Jesus is not like that, my brother. Each time you make a mistake, you go back to him and say, Father, I didn't mean to do it. Right there and then, you are forgiven, my brother. It's thrown into God's sea of forgetfulness. This woman there, she fell at the feet of Jesus. And they thronged that place there. And Jesus was, you know, riding in the, in the sand, as the Bible says, just ignoring them. I couldn't help it, Brother Ed, but think, you know, that's the best way to do it to the enemy. Ignore him. He comes at you, just ignore him. He brings thoughts to you, start thinking on the things of the Lord Jesus. He brings condemnation, start thinking about the forgiveness of our Lord Jesus Christ. Start thinking about the hope you have in the Lord. <laughs> Oh, I tell you, my brother, you can live a Christian life and be happy in the Lord regardless of the situation and circumstances around you. You say we are not bombarded. We are bombarded every day, every hour, every second. You say the enemy is not real. He is real. But there is one that's more real. That's our Lord Jesus Christ. He says I will never leave you nor forsake you till the end of time. I'm here to encourage you, my brother, my sister, that your case has been dismissed already. You hear Brother Brenham saying, if you had committed a crime, a serious crime, and they took you and threw you in jail, that the best you can do is look for the best defense attorney, the best defense lawyer, even to stand a chance 
of being exonerated. Or maybe even serving a lesser sentence. And so, you know, but there's always, Brother Renham says, there's always a slim chance that that lawyer may not convince the judges and that you would still go to jail anyhow. He says, that's the state of affairs in our world that we live in. But then he turns the page and he begins to say, but what if you have the best attorney and he stood your case and you are exonerated? He says, and more than that has come to us in this hour. Our Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ, each time there's a case against you, my brother, he is our attorney. Brother Benham says, but he's not only our attorney. He's our jury. But he's not only our jury. He's our judge as well. So the same one picks you up. He says, yeah, you did wrong here, but I've exonerated you. And that's where we stand this morning. That bride of Jesus Christ, where are thine accusers? You don't have anybody to accuse you this morning. You can stand up as a son and daughter of the living God. If you are living in shame, you can raise up and raise your head high and leave this place a proud person. Because why? Something has happened in your life. Somebody has taken sides with you. Somebody has exonerated you. Bride of Jesus Christ, your case is dismissed this morning. You love the Lord this morning? That's what this message has come to do. You know, I'm just encouraging you this morning. Think about where we were before. I was telling Brother Ed, I'd been through six different denominations. I was an adulterer of the adulterers, spiritually speaking. But here come my seventh and only husband. And this message came and revealed to me in the jungles of Africa there with when I went to that house where I was invited. This man, there was only one man and his wife and his young son. And this man was busy preaching to his wife. Brother, they had church then. And here I was as a choir director in a, in a United Church of Zambia there. And on that Sunday... I stood there. Do I go to my denomination or do I go to this house where I've been invited? Somehow, by God's grace, he turned me around and I went to this house. And from that day, I have never looked back. My brother, my experience is real. Your experience is real. There's no turning back. We are going forward. I don't care how they try to denominate around this message. That's their business. But as for me and my house, we shall follow the message of the hour. Winds of doctrines and wave after wave is catching people and people leaving their churches, going for people with so-called gifts and talents and all this. And yet we have the full word of God. Brother, gifts are good, but they are subject to error. That's what Brother Brenham says. But there's one thing that's not subject to error. That's the full word of God. I would rather have the full word of God any time, any place, than any, any of the gifts. I'm just saying it the way I believe it. Because this message will make you rise above personalities. 
This message is not about personalities. This message is Christ himself. You hear of people saying, let's unite, let's unite, let's unite. Let's unite around what? Around personalities? I say no. Let's unite around the word of God, the message of the hour. This message is not about politics in the church. It's not about family feuds in the church. This message is not about positions. This message is about you as an individual and where Christ has placed you as his son. I say let the word of God, the full message of the hour, reign supreme in your life. In 2007, I was diagnosed with diabetes. My sugar levels were at 42. The doctors were calling me to go to the emergency. Right away, during the day, they said, where are you? We need you right here, right now. They said, any time I would have dropped with stroke or heart attack. The accuser was on me then. But my Lord had already exonerated me from that sickness. And he had already condemned it. I walked into the RUH emergency hospital there, and they, the doctor says, we don't know how you are still living. My brother, the devil wanted to kill me, but God has healed me completely by the power of this message. I can eat what I want. I can exercise all I want. I can run. I can jog. I can do whatever I want because God knew I would be preaching here today. He's still the healer this morning. You say, how do you know? Look at me. Our God is still the healer. We had a brother, a personal friend of mine who had cancer. And the growth was too big. And you know, our our hospitals there, there are buildings, but there's no medication. There's no doctors either. And they had given him up. We went to prayer. I was so burdened on him. I, I went to prayer and I slept while I was praying. Two hours later, I woke up prophesying my wife and without realizing and declaring his healing. Not knowing that another brother had the same experience about this man that was sick. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let the truth be established. And another brother prophesied the same. The three of us, we declared that brother healed in the name of Jesus Christ. We applied the message, the token to him. And my brother, he's still walking. God has given him new skin completely. If he can do that in the natural, how much more in the spiritual? We like to hear of healing in the physical, in the natural. And that's all good because Brother Brenham says healing is a sign of the resurrection. But what about being healed in your spirit? How many broken spirits are there? We don't hear much prayer requests about people that are struggling in the spirit. God help us and bring that out. Because if you're healed in your spirit, then you have eternal life, my brother. Bride, where are thine accusers? Can you imagine the feeling of that woman when she heard those words? Go your way. 
and sin no more. But today, we have something that can say, go your way and sin no more. But then we hear John, in 1 in John or 2 John there, John says, my children, don't sin, I'm just paraphrasing. But if you should, we have an advocate. Look at where it places you and me, my brother. Oh, all your sins and mistakes and, and, and shortcomings have already been spoken for. They've already been dis- dismissed. Some people live a life that are self-condemnation. They belittle themselves. You are some of the greatest people in this part of the world in the eyes of our Lord Jesus Christ because you shall sit with him on the throne one of these days. Your case for tomorrow is dismissed. Your case for the day after is dismissed. Your case for as long as you live in this earth is dismissed. Remember, this flesh is not yet redeemed. As long as you are in this flesh, you will make mistakes. You will stumble before you even get out of there. But what I want you to go with is this proclamation, this declaration that my case is already dismissed. Don't live guilty. Don't walk out of here guilty. Walk knowing that somebody else has taken over your life. Somebody has taken over, taken away your sins and thrown them away. So where is this pointing fingers at each other? Where is this uh, looking down on this one and looking up on that one, looking down on this one, on each other? Why would we do that? We have been bought by the price, by the blood of Jesus Christ. Each one of you, don't look at each other that way. We should, as brethren, be, be lifting each other up. You hear Brother Brenham say, if you don't have anything to say about a brother, sister, keep quiet. But if you should say something, then praise God for them. And say, you know, he he might have stumbled. I don't care about that. I thank God anyway. I know my brother, my sister is a believer. That's what brings the unity. That when you realize, when I realize that my case has been dismissed, then I can't hold anything against a brother or sister. Because the Bible says, forgive so that you may also be forgiven. There's a condition there. If you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven either. Oh, dear Lord Jesus, help us this morning. I know we know these things. I'm just trying to do what Peter says. Stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. And reminding you that you are sons and daughters of God. How do you know? Paul says, the spirit within me bears witness that I'm a son of God, that I'm a child of God. It doesn't matter who else thinks, what else, who somebody thinks of you. What matters is what he thinks of you. But you know what? I hear Brother Brenham say this too. A pardon is not a pardon unless it's received. If you live in condemnation, it means you haven't received the pardon. 
Don't live in condemnation. Don't live in fear. The Bible says, cheer, cheer up, little children, little flock. For it is my Father's will to give you the kingdom. I say you've already been given the kingdom. But you have to accept that. Each time it hits you. And sometimes we have fallen headlong. Wake up. Stand up. Dust yourself up. Raise up again and say, I'm going to keep walking. I'm a child of the living God. Oh, but you did there yesterday, but I've risen up now. I'm marching forward. I'm marching to Zion. That's what children of the living God do. They don't look behind. They don't look sideways. They look forward, my brother. This woman, you don't hear much about her after that. Her case was done. What about the woman at the well? I ask you this morning, what would you rather be? That woman caught in adultery or a Sadducee? What would you rather be this morning, a Zacchaeus or Sanhedrin council? What would you rather be this morning? That woman that had a blood issue? Or you'd rather be a Pharisee? Look at all those people, lowdowns, 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 lowdowns. And yet the Lord Jesus Christ picked them up, my brother, and raised them up way above. Hallelujah. What about that woman who washed Jesus' feet with her tears and the most expensive perfume? What about that? I would rather be that woman like, than be Simeon who, who invited Jesus and then ignored him. I would rather be any of those people, any of those lowdowns, because I know my life is going to be turned around. That's what's happened to you and me. Our life has been lifted from the deep miry clay and, and, and raised to be sons and daughters of the living God. Ever seen how you wave this message to somebody and right away they pick it up? I want to know more about it. Then you have, you wave it sometimes to the most religious denominations. I did that myself many a time. And they run it down. What would you rather be this morning? Any one of those people. In fact, if you look spiritually speaking, we were like that. But our Lord Jesus Christ, Christ came on the scene and said, come up hither. I want you to climb higher. I want to show you it is to you that I will review the seven seals. It is to you that I will preach the seven church ages. It is to you that I will preach about women where than accusers. Let's see what the prophet says about it. I like to do that, Brother Ed. I know you do it too. Each time a thought comes before I go to preach and I get excited about it, I still want to check it through the message of the hour. If it's checked through and I hear what the prophet of the hour and I can substantiate that and put it together, then I know God is in it. And so, as I was looking and typing, I came on this, the token. Many of you, you know this message. 
Many of you have applied the talking already. Many of you are settled. Regardless of what comes, what goes. Regardless of how the ship is rocked and the winds come. You are settled. You are in there. You are not like those that like to jump the ship. You stay right in the ship. And you awake Jesus right in the ship. You know. Reminds me, I was speaking in Saskatoon and I mentioned a little bit about it. But it reminds me about the fishermen of northern England. I read quite a bit about them. Many of them were Christians at that time in their own way. And they would go fishing in the seas. Way into the night, they would start coming back. So that they hit the shores when it is dawn or in the morning. They knew their seas very well. The men that had explored north, east, west, south. And they knew exactly where they would be. But from time to time. Clouds would, over, would be overcast. Cover the, the skies. It would be pitch dark on the seas. And the winds would come and start howling and rocking the ship back and forth and sometimes tossing them the other way around and they would get disoriented. Think about it in our personal lives. Sometimes we get hit bad. We get hit hard. Sometimes it almost jacks us off for dis- disorients us. And those fishermen would start singing. Jesus is the rock in a weary land. Weary land. Weary land. Jesus is the rock in the weary land. A shelter in the time of storm. And they would sing those songs of Zion and their hearts would be fixated on Christ because there was the only hope that would come and save them. They would pray that the clouds would roll away. Once the clouds would be rolled away, they knew if the clouds would be rolled away, they would see the North Star. And the North Star is the only star that doesn't revolve. Brother Brenham says, the North Star is the only star where all other stars revolve around. And if you can see the North Star, if you know how to read it, if you are lost, you will know your way back home. The GPS in our vehicles is fashioned after the the North Star. Every ship, every airplane, the Magis, they look up to the North Star. The explorers, the geographers, they look to the North Star. And if anybody is lost, and if they can look to the North Star, and they can see the North Star, they will know where East is, they will know where West is, they will know the way back home. And I hear Brother Brenham saying that more than North Star is here in this morning. 
if you've been disoriented a little bit and maybe you're going the wrong direction, this message is not condemning you. It's inviting you to turn around. And that's what the word repent means. Repent means turn around and go the other way. That's what we are called to do. That's what we need to do every day. We need to die every day. We need to repent every day and come back and stay in line with the word of God. It's the truth. And more than North Star is here to guide you, to hold your hand, guide your footsteps. He's here this morning. If you have lost your joy, he's the joy giver this morning. The offer is still on the table. He's the greatest rescuer there's ever been, my brother. If you are down in a hole somewhere, call out to Jesus and he will rescue. Peter says, you and your family will be saved. Brother Graham says in paragraph 109, 63, the talking. What if you were, had committed a crime? And you are going to be tried in a federal court. And you know that if they found you guilty, that you are going to die. You are going to an electric chair or the gas chamber or whatever public execution they were going to, to have for you. Maybe hung or something, lynched. Whatever the penalty was. And you know that you, had, you were guilty. You know you were guilty and you must die if you don't get some, some attorney to represent you. That who can get you out of the thing. And now you would want the best attorney that you could have. And then getting an attorney that was good, a good shrewd attorney, you would feel that your case was a little, you could relax a little bit. Because you had an attorney. But still, there would be a question whether this attorney could change the judge's idea or change the jury. If this attorney was his shrew, with his shrewd speaking and the knowing, the knowing of the laws could change that. And could plead your case and prove that. That you should leave. But yet in all of this, in all of his, his great authority and that great speech that, that he could make and the impression he could put upon the jury or with the, uh, have with the judge, you'd, maybe you might get a relaxed uh, for a few minutes, but still there would be a question in your mind. Can he do it? But in this case, in your case, I like how the prophet always addressed the bride of Jesus Christ. In some areas, he says, to those who believe my message. I'm glad there are those that believe his message this morning. But to you, but in this case, the judge himself becomes an attorney. God became man. There was no attorney could do it. We couldn't find one. Moses and the law, the prophets, nothing could do it. So the judge became both jury attorney and judge himself. And took the justice of the law in his own hands. Here's a man with authority. David calls him man of war. And paid the price of it himself. 
How much more secure could we be and sent his own life back upon us as a witness that he has accepted it? How safely. Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. When he becomes both judge, jury, and attorney, he pleaded our case. We found we found guilty by his own law, and he come and took guilty person's place. That was the sanctuary. He took his sin. He took it upon himself and died and paid the price and shed the blood and gave back his own token, his own life. Why? We are perfectly that blessed my heart. If he is perfect, then me being in him, I'm also perfect. The curse is dismissed. I was rejoicing, Brother Ed. Did a little dance in my room there. My curse is dismissed. There's no more sin to the believer. In one place, Brother Brenham says, sin is dead. And he also says, death is dead. Hallelujah. Oh, brother, I'm here to encourage you. What is sin? It's already dead, my brother. To the believer, death is dead in itself because blessed are you that believe this message. You will not see the second death. You will be in the first resurrection. That's about this message, my brother. I'm not going through tribulation. I am determined. Like the writer says, I am resolved. No longer to linger. Charmed with the world's delight. Things that are higher. Things that are nobler. These have allured my sight. That's where I am. I want to dwell as an eagle. I want to dwell as a son of God. I want to know that if I fall, I'll stand up and raise up again and keep walking. That's what we've been ordained to do. Your curse is dismissed this morning. Hallelujah. He says here, there is no more sin to the believer. Oh God, have mercy. If the people can't see that, that there is no more curse, he that heareth my words and believeth on me, that's, uh, on him that sent me hath eternal life, and shall not come to the judgment, but has passed from death unto life. Spoke to Martha, and he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth on me shall never die. I believe that with my heart. That's what this message has ordained us to be. Believers of this message. And he says, there, there is the case. Curse dismissed. No more curse to it. Amen. Then safely, safely with the token applied, when death begins to smite against the door out there, it has no control. See? Yes. The token is applied. Only the token is recognized now. You hear so many churches talking about the blood, the blood, the blood, but they don't talk about the life that's in the blood. I tell you what, my brother, we have the true token, my brother. That blood is only in the life. That blood is in Jesus Christ. That blood is in this message, my brother. 
and people who pro- pro- proclaim the blood, the blood has washed me, and yet go out there and live any which way and disregard this message and disbelieve this message, and they claim to have the blood of Jesus Christ? I don't think so. People say we, are, we have the same God. I don't believe we are. We have the same God. Our God is the God of William Brenham, whom they have rejected. Don't tell me we have the same God. This message is distinct. It's for the cream of the crop. It's for the fruit at the top of the tree. That's who you are this morning. It's for more than conquerors in this hour. It's for those that have been given the capability and ability to believe it. There's many out there who have not been given the ability to believe this message. But blessed are ye, my brother, my sister. You've been given the ability to believe it. It's the truth. Hallelujah. The token is applied. Only the token is recognized now. See, he did that so that the token could come. The token was God's life. You believe that this morning? I want to say, church of the living God, that's what a privilege we've been given. I was preaching not long ago in Zimbabwe there and on the, on the topic of, of, of the override. I'd gone to a shop and I bought something and the price wasn't matching to what I saw. So I asked the, the teller and oh, we got into a bit of a back and forth. He says, well, get another, go get another one. I said, it's in the same batch. And she looked at it. It wasn't reflecting the price that it had dropped to. Sometimes we don't realize it. But then the teller said, wait a minute. Let me call my manager. (laughs) Says, I can't do anything. I can't change things here. But there's one who can change things. So then she went and called the manager, and the manager came and punched in the code. And there it went through my brother. And I said, I, right there, I got, I got uh, inspiration to preach on the overrider. When sin had condemned you, like it had condemned that woman, it had, Moses couldn't override it. Elijah couldn't override it. The angels couldn't override it. There was one person, one man, our Lord Jesus Christ, who could override our sin. And this morning, he's still the overrider. He has exonerated you this morning. He has overridden over anything you have done. He is the overrider this morning. Look to him if there's something that's lingering. Look to the overrider. He will override it. And you won't have to worry about anything. That's our God. That's the God that we know. He's more than able this morning. You love the Lord this morning? I say church of the living God. We've been equipped. He who started the work with you is also going to finish it. You say, I'm not there, I'm not perfect. That's why he's working on you. That's why he's working on me. But when he looks at you, he looks through his own binoculars. A binoculars is a long-range vision. It sees things at the end. Our God doesn't see things in the, in the present here. Not only in the present, but he sees things in the, in the, in the end. 
He's looking at you right now. He's looking in the present, but he has already looked at the future. That's why he says, let your hearts be not troubled. I go to my father, and in my father's house there's many mansions. I've often said this. You may not have a house here on earth. You may not be able to pay the mortgage. But I tell you what, you have a mansion over yonder already. There's one waiting for you. God has promised it, and I believe it. The prophet spoke it, and I believe it. He who started the work. You know, he's using the same resources. He's just done something, a change in your life. I like what we had uh, Brother Ron Peterson, good friend of mine, prayed for me sincerely over heading back to Africa, anointed me and my family with oil over it. But you know, he, he brought us to this realization. He said, I wonder what, looking at the time that we're in, our Lord Jesus Christ must be doing, he's no longer, he was talking on Michelangelo, he, he's no longer chipping out big chunks. No, he's down to the finishing line. And he's doing this and polishing and that's how he's doing to you and me, my brother. He's down to the finishing touches now. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about today. Just put your life and your trust in him. And he who started, maybe he was chiseling before, but now he's refining. I believe that's where, the, the, that's where we've reached right now. Look at the, the pools, my brother. We had the first pool, the shaking of hands and discernment. And it was so glorious. But the first pool had to give word to the second pool. I want to draw your attention to something, Church of the Living God. We were talking with my brother yesterday and I had preached on a little title, The Stabilizer is Here. Here, look at the first pool. It was drawing all kinds of people. But it gave word to the, third, to the second pool. And the discernment 1948 in Regina there, it broke up. Broke out. Oh, he says, I see this, I see your life. A man who could tell what your name was, who your father, your mother was, and your house, your, hi, your house address, and what you did 20 years ago, what caused this, what caused that. And it was more glorious than the first pool. Then one time, Brother Brenham says, the angel rebuked me. He's trying to put a, 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 a shoeless into a little hole. And he's really struggling. And the angel says, you are explaining this too much. You can't teach Pentecostal babies supernatural things. Time to move on. The third pool was fixing to break in. The second pool no matter how glorious it was, had to give way to the third pool. Now we are in a secret chamber. Now we are in a disposition of speaking the word. Now all the parasites were shaken off. It's only for the true believer. 
everybody else, denominations and, and preacher men, they, they all ran away. He says, I'm going to lose thousands and thousands of my friends. And yesterday he did. He lost all his friends, but he says, now I'm speaking to the bride of Jesus Christ. You hear people wanting to take you back to the second pool, to the first pool. I say, move on. I am not saying the first pool is wrong or that the second pool is wrong, but I'm looking at the time that I'm living in. It's a secret chamber message to you and me as believers. This is where the husband has entered into the secret chamber and shut the door behind with him and his wife alone. You don't get into your bedroom with your wife to have a relationship and leave the door open. You that are elderly, you know what I'm talking about. You shut the door behind. That's what Christ has done with his, with his bride. We are in a secret chamber now. Don't allow somebody to take you back to the former things. We have moved higher and higher where the supernatural happens. People are taking and interpreting supernatural speaking in tongues. That's some of the territory I'm going into Africa. What we need in this hour is a stabilizer. God is sitting on the throne and controlling now. It's no longer human emotions. It's no longer some sensations. It's no longer some shouting, some dancing. This is a real reality relationship between you and the Lord Jesus Christ. Take heed, church of the living God. I'm just saying this as your brother. But I've seen so many winds of doctrines coming through. And I want to tell you and I want to encourage you this morning. Stay with your pastor. Stay with us. Stay at the Lord. Stay with the message of the hour. Don't lean this way or that way. Don't allow anybody to take you to the former things. Amen. When that which is perfect has come. People are saying, oh, it's coming. You're going to see what's coming. Hello? It's already here to the believer. What's coming? The message has come in its fullness. There's nothing else. This is it. Just keep eating and making yourself a body. One of these days, you will not be like that, uh, like that Noah. You are an Enoch. Just keep walking. Keep walking and keep walking. Keep walking in the light. Isaiah is in the light. And keep walking, my brother. Without you realizing, you shall realize realization, Brother Brenham says. That's where we are. I believe it's a personal walk. I believe it's a real relationship. I believe it's a personal knowledge. You have to know where you stand. You have to know who your God is. You have to know what you profess, what you believe. This is not the time to sing somebody else's song. This is not the time to say somebody else's experience. This is the time to sing your own song, to say your own experience, to give your own testimony. If God has spoken to you, then you know it's right. And you check it with the word. And it dovetails. Then you know you can move on, my brother. You love the Lord this morning? Let's stand to our feet this morning. Hallelujah. Pride. Where are thine accusers? 
Your case is dismissed. Your case has been overridden. Fill my way with love. As I walk with the heavenly dove, let me go all the way with a song and a smile. Fill my way. Hallelujah. It's one of my favorite songs. I like to live that way. Let me walk, blessed Lord, in the way thou hast gone, bidding strength to the land above. Oh, giving cheer everywhere to the side. Oh, 
down how many would say wow the word was being spoken I got something that I tucked in my heart bride where are thine accusers your case is dismissed how many would say I'll walk with my head high because I know my case has been dismissed God bless those hands his tender mercies come with every rising sun beat the sinner in his brokenness the offer is on the table this morning he's offering healing and forgiveness take it Receive it in the name of the Lord Jesus. To trust in Him. Hallelujah.